record me. You cannot be able to do stitches. I made it around the world. And came back with stories to Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Travel and Shit, your new favorite travel podcast, where I, your host, little adorable me, and your co-host, Banksy, she's behind, up oh, there she go, she just poked up, where uh, we, your hosts, have a conversation, experiential, if you will, about how travel has changed us and how we are better people uh, outside of the, this is where I went, and this is how you can do it as well. So if you're new, that's it in a nutshell, right? If you've been here, you're special. I appreciate you. I can't say I appreciate you more because it's how we get new people, right? This week, got another guest. Because remember all those solo episodes when I said, I'm working on it, y'all? I promise you guys, I'm working on it. Wasn't lying. Guest, welcome. My beautiful, my beautiful guest. Thank you so much for joining me this week. How are you today? Aloha. I'm so good and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Please go right ahead and introduce yourself. Melina mai me kelo hanui akakoa paoloa o vau o havane o mauna awa kia ku mauna o ko hako hauku ukahavai apu kapuai me ano iku aina kulaivi aloha no kakoa paoloa aloha my name is havane my mountain is mauna kea my river is kako hau and the land that raised me is kapuai me on the island of Hawaii I am a singer songwriter chanter dancer and activist and I am so happy to be sharing in this time and this space and conversation with you today. And thank you for being here because I too am happy. So <laughs> I will start by saying I was introduced to you by Audacity Fest. Uh, they, oh, I think, I feel like the next one is one of the last ones. So if this isn't the first time you've heard me mention it, go Google, sign up. This is going to be the last one for a while. I highly, highly recommend um, Nomadness and their Audacity um, Digifest. I was really moved by your section and you, in a nutshell, discussed with EV a lot of different things, but some of the topics were um, you being dedicated to protect protecting your mountain, your family's dedication to protecting it and being an activist. And first, the first thing I wanna ask about is the mountain. What is the significance of actually having a mountain, having a river, and how did you get that? You know, I feel so deeply grateful, you know, and so blessed to have been born in this time as Kanaka Maoli, as Hawaiian, mm -hmm. um, because there's so much that has been saved for us by our ancestors through our, or, our oral histories. And so in a genealogy that we have. So for me, you know, I am so deeply grateful and so blessed to have been born in this lifetime, Kanaka Maoli, as a Hawaiian indigenous woman. Our ancestors saved so much for us through our oral histories. And so we have a genealogy that connects us all the way back to Mauna Kea from our sky father and earth mother to Mauna Kea to the star realm. And I love a good star. We love a good star realm. 
Heleni is our name for the goddess of the star realm. Oh, what's her name? Ho'ohoku Kalani. Oh, I'm going to ask you to email me that. <laughs> to, to give birth to, wow. to stars in the sky. And when she comes together with Wakil, who is Sky Father, she has the, um, the first human, the first Kanaka, Haloana Kalauka Palili. And from that, from that human comes the Hawaiian nation. And so we can mm. see through this genealogy how we're connected all the way back to Mauna Kea, who is a child of Sky Father as well. And so okay. like when we come into this, this realm and when we learn this, it's like, once I knew this, I never questioned who I am. You know, I stopped questioning my worth and my beingness because I knew that my ancestors decided to not forget mm. and decided no matter what, through the colonization of our people, the illegal overthrow of our kingdom, the stealing of our land and our language, the mass death that happened upon Hawaii when the illness and the epidemics happened upon our lands and people throughout all of that time and all of that space somebody remembered this genealogy so that we would never forget and so when I say Mauna Kea is my mountain mm -hmm. it's because I've affirmed this truth in my body and in my soul that my DNA and the DNA of Mauna Kea are shared and they come from the same spaces we all come from the earth we all have a mountain we all have a river and for many of us that was taken from us, that was stolen from us. I am a woman that has many different bloodlines. This is the one bloodline that I have that so much of that has been saved, but mm -hmm. I am also Chamorro, I'm half Chamorro. And so much of that was stolen from my people, our Genesis story, our language, our dance, stolen. And then right now it is so hard to even trace all of that back. And so there's parts of me that really know where I'm from and there's also bloodlines that I have that I don't know and I want to know and I, mm -hmm. I want to, to feel the migrations in my body and feel the, the people that I come from in my body and know the languages and know the histories and so that's my journey now is to to accept that in its wholeness. Where are those people from? You said the Chinoa people? Chamorro. So Chamorro. Guam. Um, okay. Which is a part of like um also an oceanic islands. Okay. Do you feel any type of connectivity to Black Americans then in that sense? Like the way, um, well, first, let me add partial rewind. Native or indigenous? Are they the same? Are they separate? Do you have a preference? You know, in the past years, I've been using indigenous because that seems to be the term that people can grasp onto. I have mm -hmm. said Native Hawaiian um, as well. But like now we are also reclaiming our language. And so anytime that I know the people or the tribe, I try to say that name. Like if I'm talking okay. about like the indigenous or native tribe of Manhattan, Lenape, you know, I go back into that name or, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I try to like put that name into my speech if I know it, right. you know? And so it's interchangeable for me depending on the audience um, mm -hmm. and, and the room that I'm in. Okay. So because of that history of colonization, do you feel any um, connectivity to Black Americans or not just Black Americans because colonization isn't unique to America, but um, I'm American, so that's what I'm gonna ask about. Do you feel any connectivity to Black Americans or other peoples of, um, I guess, ethnicities that have been colonized? 
Absolutely. I absolutely do. Um, part of me and part of my ancestry is from Puerto Rico, from Borican. And in our mm -hmm. ancestry, we are mixed in with Nigerian ancestors and native indigenous Taino ancestors. And um, I remember learning about the devastation that happened in Puerto Rico when, um, mm -hmm. when the colonizers first came over and the brutality, you know, and that's happened so, so many times over and over again across history and throughout the diaspora. We have so many of these stories of trauma mm -hmm. and tragedy. And it's from that space. I always say pain recognizes pain, you know, and um, loss recognizes loss. And so it's from that space of compassion and that space of, of deep pain that like I, I come into conversation with anybody mm -hmm. who is black with a lot of love yeah. and just um, boundless care because there's a, so much of your experience that I don't know, you know, and, the, and your lived embodied experience that I will never know. And so I just come with a lot of respect and reverence to your walk. Thank you for that. You know, I don't, it's some, you have a presence just to note, like if you're, I don't know if you guys are watching on, uh, well, if you will be watching this when it's on the YouTube, but if you're listening, I'd suggest, I don't know if it'll translate for, well, no, I felt your presence when you were speaking to, that's why I reached out in the first place, but it's, you're, you're, you're consistent. You've got a very powerful energy. It's a loving energy though. It's, um, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I feel very compelled to say I could easily see you being like a family matriarch, like people, like a person, like a one, like a single person that stands out in all the loving people that are in a family, you being a person that people can easily, funny enough, that was my mom's text tone. <laughs> my mom just texted me, but I, you give an energy to me that I am receiving that says you are the person that I'll call you on your shit but I'll, yeah. I'll do it lovingly. And in a way that I'm not going to over coddle you, but I will also not, you, yeah, you've got an energy. I just wanted to uh, mention that. And I give thanks but, to my mother for that because she is the matriarch of our Ohana. And, and so it's beautiful that I was thinking about my mom when you said that, and then to have your mom text at the same time, I, I just love the kind of alignment. Look at the energies. See, <laughs> energy is a thing, y'all. Y'all hear me talk about it. I'm, I really mean it when I say it. So I want to jump right into the question that I immediately had after listening to your conversation with Evie. And it was, how do I, as a traveler, right? I find myself to be intentional with my travels. I find that I pay attention to the spaces that I'm in. I enjoy connecting with people. Oddly enough, when I'm home, I'm not, I'm more of a hermit. I'm in the house with the dog. I am very, you know, content reading TV, internet. But when I travel, I want to talk to all the people. I want to make friends. I'm of the world. I'm out here. There's, come on, there's people to meet. Let's go. Let's get out here. And I travel by myself. So it's not like I'm, you know, leaning on a friend to, hey, go talk to them. Let's see if they want to join us. It's just, I find myself to be, my experience of myself abroad is very different from my experience at home. And when I'm abroad, I find that I pay attention to my surroundings, right? Because that's what I, in my head, I'm keeping safe. But there's but so much, what I don't know, I don't know. 
And I go to these places and I stay at Airbnbs because I feel like it's more of an authentic stay. It's more of an ex- authentic experience. And I'm not like a Marriott is a Marriott is a Marriott. Anywhere you go, the people working there, of course, are going to be different. But in my eyes, I feel like this is the point in it being a chain, right? You go to McDonald's so that your burger always tastes the same. Mm-hmm. How do you think or suggest someone can better connect to the people that are in an area that we're traveling to, that we're visiting, right? We're visitors. We're coming into someone else's home. So how would you suggest, or what are the thoughts that come to your mind when people visit Hawaii, right? Or when people visit other places where there is an identifiable native, well, there's a native community to all places, right? How do you suggest someone can really connect authentically with the people of a community that they're visiting with as someone that, and I'm asking you this because of your connection to the people that are native to your home. And that, and just to be, that's, to be clear, that's why we're having this conversation, right? Because I think it was before we got on camera, I was explaining like, I'm from Queens. So you're not going to tell me anything about Queens. Like if you talk about Brooklyn, I mean, I ain't got that much skin in it. I can't really say nothing about Harlem, Manhattan, whatever it is. But Queens is mine because I am from here. I can connect my entire, you know, my life, my parents' life. So if you want to know about Queens, you can ask me and I tell you what I do know, right? I can tell you where to visit. I can tell you, you know, I don't know about this space. Try this space. But kind of same goes for New York. I can kind of reach back to identify, but that's it just for my immediate proximity. But as someone that can reach back and identify throughout that lineage and say that, no, I am native to this space, to this land. And I've got that connection to those oral histories. I've got the connectivity. I've got that, that line between myself and the people that are from here. What is that experience like when people, you know, come visiting your home i feel like for me as a you know singer and as a dancer you know there's a long history of like the exotification of hawaiian people the sexualization of both our women and our men and many of us um, and many of the ones who came before us especially after colonization survived off of music and dancing um And so I did that for a long time in my life. I danced down at the luau at the hotels. I played music there as well because I needed to eat, you know, and I I needed to live. And there was a point in my life when I just decided that this is not what I wanted anymore because I was was transgressing my own boundaries by, um, by being a performer and kind of subjecting myself to, Mm -hmm. um, the exotification of my body and and the like commercialization of my my culture yeah and and my ways of life and so I decided to leave that and I have total respect for anyone who continues to do this work because again it's our survival you know as island people there's so many people that go into this industry to um to just be able to live because it's very expensive to live in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And so like, I always just, you know, I give my respect to people who, who got to do whatever they got to do. Um, but for me, I knew that I had to shift the way that I, I move just out of my own 
out of my own reclaiming of my own power um, and and my my own air, you know, my own sovereignty. That's what I had to do for me. Gotcha. Um, and so when people come here, they tend to want to have the, the tourist experience, you know, um, stay in the nice hotels, go to the beaches, um, go to a luau, you know, like that's the experience when coming to Hawaii. And I think for me, what I hope people don't forget is that there's a whole living people here and that so much has been ripped from us, you know, even to just live here. We are marginalized in our own community and we still don't have like rights and protections in our own homelands. And that is why we stand on the front lines to protect Mauna Kea from the building of a 30 meter telescope that would be the biggest and tallest building on our island, on our most sacred mountain. Yeah. You know, we stand in courtrooms where whole, you know, Supreme Court judges will rule that it doesn't matter anymore, that our, our culture doesn't matter anymore, belief systems don't matter anymore because we are under um, the illegal occupation of a governing system that was never set up for us to thrive in and be successful in. And I know that I'm preaching to the choir here, but mm -hmm. like that is just how it be, you know, like that's how we connect. And so um, for when people come here, you know, I ask that they come with respect, yeah. you know, respect to, to our land and to our oceans and our people, because this is our, our only land base and it's small. And so when we have an in influx of people, we also have an influx of, of trash and, mm -hmm. you know, like the trampling over spaces that still need regeneration, you know, just the pollution of, mm -hmm our reef systems from the mountain to the sea, something is always affected by tourism. Yeah. And so like, I just ask that, like, remember that there's a whole people that are still here. And sometimes, you know, like you have to be mindful, do the native people even wanna have a conversation? Do they wanna talk? Do they wanna, you know, like, I always think about that too when I'm traveling, like how, like what kind of weight on the world am I putting when I enter into a space? Am I walking gently into a place? Have I recognized that there is a first people here? What can I do to, to not bring any, any more harm or any more, um, yeah. I don't wanna say harm because I don't think that, I don't think that visiting another place is harmful when you're intentional mm -hmm. and, and when you're respectful, but like that I won't bring any more burden to right. a people. Or, or their land, you know? And so it's just like that for me, like, and I've been blessed, so blessed to sit in circles um, with indigenous people of the places all throughout America and around the world have been invited to places. And I always wait for that too, the invitation mm. from somebody that is native to that land to come into their land, you know? But I know that everyone's experiences are different. I have that experience because of my activism and because of right. our ceremonial connections to water and because of our like experiences in movement work. And so I know that my experience is different. Um, and so right now, when we're talking about traveling here, I always say, don't, you know, we're right. in the middle of a pandemic. Our people have suffered um, throughout history um, in epidemics where we went from millions to just thousands because of illness that came onto our shores. And so this is just another reminder of our impacts yeah. and, and how we can be mindful and aware about 
how we impact spaces when we come into them. And yeah, and so like, that's just kind of how I be rolling out here. (laughs) That kind of made me think of um, my, not cute, uh, Cartagena experience. So I went, I don't remember, was it, it was probably 2018 or so. I went to um, Cartagena and I of course booked a planque tour with um, Alex Roca, incredible, incredible tour experience. They were very uh, detail oriented and um, highly recommend. But for me, I felt it was kind of twofold, right? I'm a black American. I know because shout out to my mama if somebody asks her where she's from she'll always say well I'm sixth generation free so do with that as you may and so I'm like all right cool well seventh generation there we go so I am always particularly interested in black history wherever I go anywhere in the world I am curious to see how other black people live like what does your experience look like here mm-hmm. and I went to Palenque and it wasn't uncomfortable, but it was uncomfortable. It was a certain level of appreciation that an entire community of people, you know, kind of opened their home to us to see and to learn of their history. But on the same hand, I'm feeling there's no way everybody here is okay with that, right? There's, there's, there are outliers everywhere. There's somebody that doesn't like this. There's somebody here that's out with a bad, hat, a bad hair day or they don't like their outfit and they're minding their business going about their regular everyday life and here's a tour group coming through, right? So you buy from local vendors, you eat locally, you support local industry, and I always feel uncomfortable taking pictures. Unless it's a picture of me in front of like a structure, I hate taking pictures and I get uncomfortable when other people take pictures of other people like living their lives. Like she's sitting here with her kid, like let her live. That's always been a, a, a spot of being uncomfortable because to your point, you don't always know if somebody wants to talk to you. You don't know if this is a good time. Like you don't know what's going on in their life right now that this is a space for sharing this isn't always a space for connectivity and that's like generally a concern of mine but on the other hand there's an appreciation for culture there's nothing wrong with someone loving their culture and wanting to you know showcase their culture right like I used to dance I danced for a long long time and I know one of the things that we would do is like a local dance school is we would kind of get like hired to do like um performances people so like we would do weddings we do uh batch uh what do you call it? not bachelor parties we didn't do those <laughs> we would do um da- retirement parties and you know little shit like that so we would go and nine not nine we would either do a modern dance or an african dance so i never felt performative because these were other black folks so it's like this is like the same culture we're sharing in this with each other but at the same time, it's like you were kind of hired to do it. Like you were brought in to showcase this. So I never felt as if I was I was feeling uh, tokenized or weaponized or anything to the sense. And I enjoyed it. I loved it. Like I knew this was at, at some point, this is what my ancestors did. So it felt good to me. But that, I don't know what that feels like to then, because we never got paid for it. We were kids. I don't know what it feels like to love what it is you're doing 
but then not know if the people watching like respect what it is you're doing. How, what is their, uh, how are they receiving the message you're giving? And that's always been something that is, I try to find not like chain companies that will give tours like this. I try to really find uh, something that looks local. But again, you don't know what you don't know. And at the same time, like you don't want to not experience who the people of a community are. Am I frozen? Am I freezing again? Okay, so I say all that to stay, right? How, if you can think of a, a way, how do we respectfully educate ourselves about the, the ways of life and the norms of the communities that we are visiting while we're traveling. Because it's also a little uncomfortable to be like, hey, is it okay if I take you a picture? Most people are wanting to be kind. They'll be like, okay, I guess. And you know, it's, is this one of those things that we should just Google in advance and then just kind of see? Or do we, you know, not participate in um, touristy, displays of cultural significant uh, cultural significance you know I really like what you were saying about like buying local you know and like looking for like the local people that give tours like all of those things are are super helpful to the community you know like when you're looking at like you know how you're saying a Marriott is a Marriott is a Marriott, but then you try to like look for, you know, more local Airbnb areas to stay at. Like all of those things are being very conscious about where you're going into. Um, you know, when I'm traveling to a place, I always look at what the native people are protecting because normally mm -hmm. there is going to be some sort of headline or some sort of media around what is happening environmentally in that space that I'm going into. And then I think about like, okay, what, what can I do? So like I've shown up at different, you know, like sign wavings or protests I've shared, mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, these are the links on my social media. It's a, this, this, and this is happening here, you know? And like, try to learn as much as I can about what's really happening in the place that I'm going to, and then use whatever social media influence that I have to uplift that story and those voices, you know? And um, and I think that there's something really beautiful and special about that because like, you know, we, we wanna see and be seen. We yeah. wanna hold and be held everywhere that we go. And everywhere we go, somebody is, is fighting for their resources and standing up for the rights of the place that they love. And so, you know, like I keep on thinking about, you know, before I went to North Dakota, you know, we knew that Standing Rock was happening. And yeah. so we learned as much as we could. We stayed so deeply um, aware and present with them on all of their live feeds, everything before we even stepped foot into that space. You know, when I went to California, we're thinking about, okay, there's a Shasta Dam race that's happening. They're literally like trying to block off, you know, whole riverways. Hmm. What, what can I do to help that? You know, what can I learn about what's actually happening in these, these places? Because it's not all beautiful and it's hard. Every place that we go, something hard is happening. And so, um, yeah, like for me, that's kind of just what I've, 
I focus on before going anywhere. Um, and then I try to follow whatever um, comes up like on Instagram or Twitter, yeah. kind of social media, follow those movements, follow, follow whatever you can and then reshare and then go and then be of service to something. Yeah. You know, whether it's like going for an out planting or a beach cleanup, but be of service to something before you leave. Because once you eat from that land and drink the water of that land, you now have a responsibility to that place. Wow. You know, and that just, that's just how I keep it grounded in, in a mm -hmm. sacred kind of intentionality when I walk somewhere and put my footsteps down somewhere. I think uh, part of that can feel performative, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I think that you kind of have to consider what your intention behind it is. And I think that the intention is really what sets the tone and sets the difference because to your point, once you receive from someone, like from a space, like I can see that, cause it's not that, uh, pause. I can't say that's been my experience. I'd be fucking lying if I said it was. Just because I've received from someplace, I can't always say that I have felt an, a desire to put back into those spaces, right? That level of reciprocity, I ain't that great. I ain't gonna hold y'all. I think I'm a good person. <laughs> but I'm still working this. He's not through with me yet, right? But on the one hand, I'm like, damn, I would kind of feel like I'm just doing it to do it. But how do the people feel that you're helping, right? I think that when you think of, when you remove how it may look to the wrong people, and consider what good it can do for the right people. If you're doing it for the right reasons and that reason, far be it from me to, to tell anyone what their reason for doing anything would be, but in my own personal reconciliation of how this can actively be something that I can do, mm -hmm. when you're doing it for the right reasons, it's kind of like buying somebody something to eat, right? You see people that record there doing well and oh, I'm recording this and I'm feeding this homeless person or I'm doing that. It's like, well, are you recording you doing it because you want to inspire someone else to do it? Or are you recording someone, you're recording yourself doing it because you want people to think you're a good person, right? Either way, the person got something out of it. So it's, uh, and then I think there also needs to be a conversation between you and that person. Like, are you okay being recorded? That's, you should do that folks. But I can't help but say, when I was listening, I felt as if I was like, well, do I mean it? And I think that if you don't mean it, consider why you're going to that space also. And that's in the space of you being an intentional traveler. If that's not your bag, then it's not your bag. I'm not above anybody to say that one way of being is right or wrong, but my bag is trying to be better at this personing thing. You know, I'm trying to be a, a continuous better person. And the way that I would like to do it is through travel, just because I see how much it pours into me. And I know I'm not the only person that enjoys it. Like, I know I'm not the only person that um, can benefit from it. But I will say that I didn't know that there was so much to be gained from travel because I'd never really had that conversation. And that's why I really enjoy having these conversations. So I know you mentioned your activism pretty uh, extensively. How does that look? And is activism different in different places? 
when you go to one area, we all know that the actual movements and what you're doing are gonna vary, but how does activism look different geographically or just um, you know being in different places? Well, I do wanna say quickly like that it, you know, being intentional looks different for everybody, you know, mm -hmm. like the way that I move looks, you know, differently for everybody else, you know, and, and for you or for whoever else loves to travel, because I do love to travel too. This is just the way I move because of what I do here in my homelands, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not always out here trying to find the next movement and the next thing, but <laughs> it comes to me most times, right? <laughs> um, because of what I manifest and what I put out as well. Like, you know, that's it important. doesn't always have to look like, um, you know, posting something or like following something. That's what I personally do because I believe in, you know, solidarity so deeply. Um, but I've also gone to places where I, I just pray, mm. you know, I pray for the well-being of that place. I put sacred water from where I am from into the water of, of a place that I'm visiting. Sometimes it looks like that for me. And so being intentional looks different for everybody else, you know, um, and, and that's okay too, you know, so it's just about tapping into what feels good to you when you're coming into a space, how to be of service. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. You know, how to genuinely walk in a good way. What does that look like for you? And to ask yourself this before you even step in. I think that's kind of what I'm, I'm trying to say here. Um, and this is just kind of the way that I do it, you know? Right. And so, yeah, I just wanted to say that, but, you know, protecting, um, activating looks different also everywhere you go and it's reflective right. of the place that you're in. And so um, here, you know, we have a frontline action that is rooted in Kapualoha, which is a firm com commitment to Pono, which is also a non-violent direct action approach where we are not violent, we are peaceful. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're talking about frontline actions, we're also talking about safety. You know, we're mm -hmm. talking about what kind of law enforcement are you know like it's in those areas it, yeah it's very different in hawaii than it is on the continent you know um and we saw that this past year with all of the black lives matter um movements um around and all throughout um america and and so like i can't say that we would have the same kind of experience because we mm -hmm. don't a lot of the law enforcement here in hawaii you know uncles aunties cousins it's different it doesn't mean that it's not, you know, traumatic because it is, but it's, it's a different experience. Yeah. And so like when I come into like any kind of space that somebody that has like frontline experience that has been dangerous or violent, um, you know, there's a way that we hold space and we do that in prayer. We do that in ceremony. We connect through our songs and through our chants and through our offerings because, you know, standing up for the rights of the, the world and the earth. Um, it is sacred work and it's also dangerous work. And so it's really reflective of what kind of movement is it. And most times, every single movement I have ever come across is to protect water mm. and then to protect the civil rights of people. And water and the rights of people go hand in hand. And so mm -hmm. um, the way that I move in those spaces is to know my place. And every time I'm visiting um, another movement, visiting another frontline action, I know mm -hmm. to stand in the back. I know to stand on the side and ask, how to, can I be of support and how I can be of service? 
And we have seen so many people come to our frontline movement and frontline action for Mauna Kea, which you can learn more about at kahea.org and protect Mauna Kea on Instagram. Um, but we, we saw so much um, of the same kind of love and energy reflected. Fuck. Oh my God, why does that happen every single time? My dad calls me every single time I record. He, I told him today I'm recording at five and he's already texted me three times. So don't feel bad. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Let me just text this person. What was I saying to you? Um, that it, it, oh fuck, it's, um, you were saying, I don't want to butcher the pronunciation, but where they can find information about protecting, it's about oh, yeah. the waterways and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking about um, when people came to stand in solidarity. Yes. Not everybody is Hawaiian because it's going to take literally everybody to do this kind of work. Yeah. Uh, people knew how to, how to be of service and knew how to, how to stand in their place. Mm -hmm. and, and that was really beautiful to see the way people from all walks of the world came to Hawaii Island, to Mauna Kea, to stand on this front line. There was sometimes 7,000 people wow. um, to the access road on the Alakupuna, uh, where 31 of our, um, of our elders were arrested. Um, and so, like, yeah, I think it's always just about... Yeah, knowing how to be of support wherever you're walking and wherever you're standing. And I think um, while you were saying that, it I don't remember who said it, but someone made a good point in asking how you can be of service as opposed to assuming what people need. Like you don't just show up and say, hi, I bought you guys shoes. I, I feel like, you know, everyone needs a good pair of shoes and like, what? how, how are shoes helping the water sis? I mean... <laughs> It was a nice gesture, but you're not helping us at this point right now. I think it's very important. But again, to your point, being intentional with, you know, your your activism and your care and your, uh, it's attention to detail. It's kind of like if somebody bought you, um, I don't know, a new bag, but you are, you know, consistently rolling around on like ball tires, that three grand you spent on a purse, I really could have spent half on new tires. It's kind of like, I, I get it. Thank you for your gift. Yeah. But now I still have to buy tires. Got a new <laughs> bag, no tires. So what 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 is Hawaii? Hawaii I want to say Hawaii. What is Hawaii? Who is Hawaii? What what are your songs about? What what do you dance about? Tell me about yourself. Because now I have a, an idea of your connection and your not just connection, but your connectivity, how you feel about the ancestors who made way for you. God bless you. But who are you as an individual? What is your music? What is your message for the world? You know, thank you so much for asking about that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to heal and, mm. and heal through this work of standing up for my lands and reclaiming um, what was stolen from us and taken from our our people and our ancestors you know like I always say like we're the ones we're the seventh generation nation you yeah know, that 
of the generation that's taking so much of this back. And now we have the language around it. And now so many women of color, especially I see in queer people of color are coming out in, in mass yeah. to reclaim. And so I love being alive at this time, you know, to do that work, to heal for the next generation um, and to do that with, uh, with joy. We have this, the saying in our language, which means to do everything with joy. And so, mm. you know, this, the restoration work, the reclaiming work, the activism, it's hard. And sometimes it's just so exhausting. And I know, you know, and I know you've seen and just by what you live, you know, and sometimes it's like, oh, do I even have anything left, you know, in me to keep on going and doing this? And as much as we have, you know, inherited the stories of trauma from our ancestors, we have also inherited the strength and the resilience, mm. you know, to be able to continue. And so I come from a long line of storytellers, a long line of, of composers and, and musicians and, and keepers of our traditional dances. And so I've dedicated my life to continuing to tell the story. You know, we, we know about what the time of the 50s sounded like because somebody was right. writing music in Hawaii and writing stories about what was happening at that time. We know time pre-contact, pre-colonization because somebody was singing, somebody was dancing. And so I think about what can my contribution be to the next generation now? So the music that I write tells the story of our frontline movement mm. and our solidarity work um, through the changing, you know, and through the shifts in Hawaii, you know, bringing in English and Hawaiian chant and song, mm -hmm. infusing that and weaving that together in, in the melodies that I create, which really reflect um, the front line, reflect the sign wavings, the marches, like the melodies that I, I have, you know, it's always like, I, I think back and I'm like, oh, that's what hope sounded like to me at wow. that time. You know, that's what love and unity sounded like to me at that time. And to continue to write um, so that, you know, somebody, when I'm long gone, like I want my my art to, to last far beyond me for somebody that, you know, like years and years from now, we'll know that we never stopped fighting and we never stopped standing and we never stopped being proud to be who we are and um, to be Kanaka. And so that's really where my, my heart is and my, my focus and, and my intention in this, in this time is, is centered around. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I do. And, and I just hope that, you know, if you do ever listen to my music, that you hear the prayer in it and you hear the, the call for lokahi, you know, for unity and for healing in it. Um, and if it resonates with you, you can find it on iTunes and YouTube, um, Amazon uh, and Spotify. And so, yeah, I, I hope that you, you listen to a little bit of um, how we live here, through the music that I, I've put out. So two parts. First, let me, well, no, I guess I'll say, I'll hold the question. So it's not funny. It's ironic that you say you want what you do to leave a lasting impression, right? Because I call it my Disney conversation. And I want to say this was maybe five years ago, but I remember I watched Frozen four times in one day, okay? <laughs> like back to back. It was just on repeat. And I was really, really, really in the middle of it. Not because I, I mean, yes, Frozen was incredible, 
but I just kind of felt like, yo, Disney was a trash person, but look at his legacy. You know what I mean? Like look at the way his work has impacted generations of people and culture to this day. And so I was having like this really intense conversation with my friend, Randy, who's also a creative. And I ended up making um, canvases around the house and they all have quotes from that conversation. And the one that's closest to me is, and it's, I'm reading it from the wall guys. It says, I really do want to create and share and touch so many people, make them feel good, happy, sad, inspired, motivated, anything positive. And in my bedroom over my bed, I don't know what it says verbatim, but it's essentially, I want my grandkids to say, my grandma did that, like what I did still matters. And in any variation of what it is I do, right? Cause I'm one of those kind of flighty people that's like, today I'm a writer and I'm gonna write my ass off for that week or that day. And then it's just like, you know, I feel like I've got a knack for sculpture and then I'll figure out sculpting. So I always change what it is that I wanna do but it's always some creative measure or some aspect of me making things. But I really, really can connect with you on that. Whatever it is I do, I want it to matter. Like I want it to just resonate as powerfully as it does for me, for whomever gets to consume it and like whomever gets to take it in and experience it. Like I want you to feel how I felt when I made it. So I was looking for um, your music, but I couldn't find it on your Instagram. So like the, the link there, please put it up so we can get to I you. Will. I will. <laughs> so what have your travels been like personally, like outside of activism, like what do you like to do? What do you enjoy? You know, I mean, I really miss traveling. I haven't gone anywhere in the past year. Um, but in the creation of my album, I went back and forth to Europe. I recorded that album in Germany. And so, you know, I never thought I would actually ever make it there, you know, um, or even have like the real deep want or need, you know, because mm. of so many of the stories of colonization and like epic tragedy come from there. It's but Germany, I, guys. World War II. Like, <laughs> we've. <laughs> it'd be like that. And then I went and, like, I realized, um, you know, that land is so much more than mm. the stories that I've heard. And even in my own family, you know, like, we're a little bit English. And so I've gone to England and I've gone to where my family is from in Glastonbury and went to go and, and heal that part of me that was so. Wow. And so like, um, you know, I love to see um, places of prayer and ceremony, sacred places that, you know, my own ancestors have, have been at. And so like, that's what I truly enjoy. That's what fills me up yeah. um, is to, to visit a place um, that I know that my people have walked on mm -hmm. and, and to do whatever healing I need to do there. You know, like recently um, this, this past year, my, my father passed away and I got I'm to go- I'm so sorry. Thank you. I got to go to Guahan for the first time in my adult years. Where's um, that? Um, so it's the, where I get my Chamorro from. Um, so it's an oceanic island. Um, okay, okay. Very, very small and it, a part of the Marianas. Um, I finally got to go there mm -hmm. and 
so much of me felt like I was coming home to myself when I put my feet on the sand and let the water wash over me. Yeah. And so, um, you know, sometimes I like to just travel and just be, yeah. you know, and be in whatever depth I'm in and then be in whatever joy I'm in. You know, I, I just, I love to see the beauty of a place. I love to see the lay of the land. Um, I visit as many mountains as I can because I know mm -hmm. that all of our mountains are connected. And so, um, yeah, to just lay my eyes on, on the sacred, lay my eyes on the beauty of the world. I, I just feel grateful to be alive, to be able to do that and to have seen all the places I have seen this far in my life. Yeah. And I'm hoping that at, at some point we'll be able to travel safely again. And I hope that this time has also, you know, gifted us with a lot of reflection and a lot of these kinds of conversations so that should we go back out, we know um, how to go back with a little bit, you know, yes. more, more reflection and awareness and mindfulness. Um, yeah. A little more that. grace. A little, a little more grace. grace. <laughs> so last two questions for you what you had mentioned um different i guess you, i would refer to them in my experience as i guess um like deities or um not orishas but when we first started talking right. Can you just, it's okay um, repeat that one more time it froze mm -hmm. i know when we first started speaking um you were describing your connection to um your mountain and in my experience like i was raised catholic right so exciting. It's not. But I know in my reference of other language, uh, what's the word? Religions, if you will. Orishas, deities, like, is there a native religion to Hawaii? Is there like, what, what was, what's that? What's that? And so for us, it's completely elemental and, and full of ritual and ceremony. Right now we are at the end of Lonely Kamakahiki, which is our time of harvest and mm. peace. And so we have four major gods, Kanepu, Kanaloa, and Lono, and they all represent a different element and rule and govern over um, hmm. different, different land bases and different elements that give life. Um, and, you know, so much of that was also stolen from the and you know, introduced Christianity and Catholicism into our people. But what um, we kept was our hula, our dance, holds so much of our ritual um, mm. and grounds us to our practices. We have so many chants that still ground us to our practices. And so it's from that belief that all that we see and all that we know that gives life is sacred. Um, mm. It's from that space of reverence that we honor our land and honor each other and ourselves and our community. And so I am so proud to say that we still have so many people that believe in that connection to land and believe in that connection to what is um, life-giving because that's yeah. what our people, that's what we come from. That's what our people had the ultimate respect for. And, and that's what I hope that we pass down. And that second question for you was, Hawaii is, as a, I guess you could say mainland American, you guys are so fucking far from us. Like y'all, I feel like Europe is closer than Hawaii is. I don't know if it is. I've never, you know. Close, but it is closer, yeah. Okay, see, yeah. I'm in New York. So I feel like part of my own country is like wildly farther than other countries, but that's not genuine to New Yorkers, right? 
being that you are now Hawaii didn't become part of the U.S. until what, like the 50s or the 60s or something like that? I feel um, like it's not illegally annexed in the later part of the 1800s. Oh, where the fuck was I? What was I thinking? I don't know. I don't know why I felt like it was new. Do you guys, do you feel any connection to the contiguous states at all? Do you like consider yourself American or just Hawaiian? I don't even know if I'd want to claim American. I don't know. I don't. I do not claim American. I, a part of like reclaiming my power and reclaiming my mm. is also reclaiming my sovereignty um my my body being a sovereign um a sovereign being you know and a descendant of, of Hawaii um and and that is a part of our resistance work it's a part of our restoration work to to you know say no to yeah. what America has done and continues to do because we still have one of like the largest military active military training areas right down the road on our own homeland where people practice for war, you know, um, there's still so much oppression from mm -hmm. America on our own homelands. And so like, for me, I, I reclaim so much of myself by saying no. Um, but I connect to the people, mm -hmm. not this government, but to the people, the people yeah. that live on the continent. There's, I have so much family, you know, across this continent. And so, so many like, people like ohana in solidarity across the continent and so it's the governing system that i don't agree with that's yeah the people that i love same i i absolutely i don't i'll explain to you offline why i agree but like yeah <laughs> i on that one we be knowing girl yeah i there's a lot i don't believe in the um judicial system as it stands in the legal system as it stands um the government like you'd said earlier it wasn't created for us so it's like being governed by it is just like a kick in the face it's it's really a kick in the face because it's legitimately saying like this isn't for you but it's absolutely going to control you and it's um I mean, I don't know. They, I won't sit here also and say that it's all bad. I love being able to not need a visa to go to a lot of different places. I got a blue passport. You know, we could get into a lot of places that a lot of other people can't. I remember I went to, um, I had a day layover in China. And in Shanghai, I was talking to a young lady that I, uh, I booked an old Shanghai tour. She did, um, and that's another thing I do. I go to Airbnb to book the excursions that I do because I feel like it's a little bit easier to mom and pop shop it. You know what I mean? Like these are individual people that are listing their services on a larger platform. And I don't necessarily speak the language of a lot of places that I go. So it's a little hard to navigate, you know, individual websites, and then also payments and all the other kind of jazz. So shout out to Airbnb. I fucks with y'all. I'm going to use them. And that's what I like to go with to get a sense for, you know, who's from here. I also prefer to book with someone that is from this lo this location versus someone that has just like set up shop and decided to offer services. Not to say that all those are bad because I'm not going to hold you and say that I haven't ended up booking with someone that was a transplant to an area. I mean, that's also happened. But that being said, where can the people find you? 
Where can we find more of your music? Where can we find more about your activism and get to know who you are as an artist and a creative and an activist and as a person outside of all the different titles and roles that we play? I feel like we get to just be people. Yes, I love to just be a person. <laughs> I feel that. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Havana Music and um, my handle is the same on Twitter. It's Havana Rios on Facebook. Um, you can find my music on Apple, Deezer, Spotify, Amazon. Um, for more about the movement, you can visit kahea.org, puuhuluhulu.com, and Protect Monica on Instagram. And um, yeah, I hope that if you have any questions, you reach out, um, you know, learn about our movement, learn about Hawaii through especially through um, kahea and puuhuluhulu.com. Um, you'll find a lot of information about how you can be of service and how you can help the movement move forward. And also Mauna Kea Education and Awareness. It's an amazing okay. nonprofit organization that does a lot of outreach. I will have that in the description, y'all, because I couldn't tell you how to spell any of it. So I will, if you could just send me those links, I'll put everything in the description. And as always, if you have um, whatever you play, if it's not showing descriptions and um, all that jazz, just go to travelandshippodcast.com and go to this episode in particular, and it'll have all the links that we've discussed in the description. Hawani, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I know that on one hand, it can be, um, I guess I forgot what the word I said was. It, on one hand, it can be like an honor. And on the other hand, it can kind of be like offensive, right? Because you're an individual person and I'm asking you questions about an experience. So I, I get that it can be a thing. And by no means do you represent native peoples as a whole or indigenous people as a whole. You are speaking graciously with us of your experience and the shared experience of the history that have, that has been shared with you. So I, I, I acknowledge that the conversation that we are having is not just, um, you know, ours, it's like our shared history, like our shared collective. Like I know that I am my grandfather's granddaughter. I know that I'm my mom's daughter, you know? And I appreciate you sharing all of the different stories and histories of the ancestors that you've been able to hold on to. And I know that I appreciate my grandparents and my great aunts and my great uncles. Ooh, I wanna say shout out to my favorite. Auntie Rose, you're my favorite, I'm sorry, I can't. Auntie Rose, you're my favorite. <laughs> so I don't think any of my great aunts and uncles listen, but she's my favorite. But all that being said, like I appreciate so much you having that connection to your ancestors because I love history. I love a good story. But unfortunately, who tells the story actually matters. You know, is you you can't always guarantee that the the story or the history that you're getting really matters. I mean, is you know, is honest and true. So I appreciate your converse, conversation with you because it's a, a verbal history, and again, it's that of your ancestors. But I I trust the people that are native to a space before I trust the people that are coming in and just kind of. Listen, dropping their dicks on the table. I didn't know a nicer way to say it. So, <laughs> That's right, girl. <laughs> so thank you. Um, I appreciate you it as well. And I just want to acknowledge you and all of the ancestors that you come from, and all of the lands that 
that are, you know, in your blood and on your skin, in your bones and your cells, you know, you are a walking story that is in continuation and creation. And um, I'm grateful to, to have met you and, and to have heard about your walk in the world and, and your love for travel and your love for history and storytelling. Um, you know, this is the way that we uplift one another and the way that we, um, we show care and sisterhood. And, and I love that. I love that um, we, we are brought together for all the way from Hawaii to the other side. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in, in, um, on the East Coast, you know, from Hawaii to the Eastern Gates. I am just so grateful to have shared this time and space with you and your little pup. Yes. Uh, thank you so much again for having me and thank you for your, your questions and, and for giving us a, you know, yet another platform to speak about what is happening in Hawaii. Um, from my heart to yours, mahalo piha. Thank you so much. And guys, this is just another example of why travel is so much more than vacation. There's so much to experience. There are so many stories to be told, so many experiences to share and conversations to be had. You meet really, really, really incredible people anywhere in the world. And even if you can't go anywhere, good Lord's internet is still here. Virtual is an option, guys. Don't limit yourselves to the physical traveling that you can do. You can absolutely get the same not the same, but you can still benefit so much in the same ways that travel allows you to if you find opportunities for it to happen, folks. So show back up next Thursday here at Travel Ship Podcast. It's available on your internet. So um, we're here all week. Appreciate you guys for listening. <laughs>